Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hello there. Mike Goldman here on Permanent Work Experience once again, speaking to the legends of the planet Earth right here on the mic. So... I've been doing this show for a few years now. I started out as just an audio podcast and evolved into an actual TV show now, which is pretty cool. Been going nuts for the last couple of months. We've interviewed people like Dr. John Demartini last week from the book and the movie The Secret. Judd Wilde, the world's best stuntman from X-Men and Mad Max. Damien Tomlinson from Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge from Strictly Ballroom, Big Brother and The Voice, Sonia Kruger. Check them all out on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, available at On The Mic. Mike Goldman live on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow my Insta stories. They are completely ridiculous. But thank you so much for listening and spreading the word. It really does mean a lot because I'm doing this all myself with a couple of mates who are helping me edit it and put it out. So this is my way of saying thank you, getting my friend to give you a discount off a phone case. Hey, it's saving you some money. Why not? So my buddy Cameron Parker owns the dairy.com and they make the best designer phone covers going around. I've scored you a 20% off discount. Boom. All you got to do is type in the code Mike on the mic. Have a discount. Thanks to the dairy.com and on the mic.com. Me. Get the armored case. It saved my ass a few times. Very cool. The dairy.com. Okay. Time for today's show. It's Julia Wheeler. This beautiful Amazonian water goddess is an animal liberationist. She's a save the planet activist and in the top 10 freedivers on the planet. I wanted to know more about this freediving competition thing and how it works. How she and many other people like her are making this world a better place through conservation. Don't hold your breath, folks. That's what she does. My buddy, Julia Wheeler. Hello, my name is Mike Goldman and welcome to On The Mic. This is the amazing, the incredible Julia Wheeler. She's a conservationist. She's a freediver. She's one of the best in the world. She loves animals and she wants to save them. She wants to save the planet. She wants to make the world a better place before she leaves it. We love her. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> Julia Wheeler. Wow. Thanks, Mike. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Known you for a while. Yeah. And you, you seem to flutter in and out of my life because you're a global traveler, traveling the universe and competing in these freediving competitions. Yeah. I remember when you first started, I think it was only a few years ago now. Yeah, it was about uh, 18 months ago. How the hell did you get into that? I knew you, you were good at holding your breath, but I never thought you were actually going to compete at it. Yeah, no, neither did I. It was actually a complete accident. I went to Indonesia to photograph a freediving competition, which I had been doing for four years in yeah. a row. And at this particular competition, we were short with female athletes. Right. So two days before the competition, my friend said, Jules, just compete, give it a go, give it a go. And so was like you know you're good at holding your breath you, you should go in this competition and you just did yeah i just did i was super nervous though when did you first realize you could do that 
Um, I liked holding my breath when I was a kid. Why did you do that? I don't know, because I'm totally weird. I yeah. like being underwater. I was a swimmer. Wait, did you time it when you were a kid? No, I just oh. remember just, you know, kind of being submerged and... Were you playing Marco Polo? Yeah, I would really annoy <laughs> all of my swimming coaches. I would literally just go swim away for a long period of time. Yeah, so so you're in Indonesia having a yep. little cheeky holiday. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're, you're in a free diving competition. Well, I wasn't in Indonesia as such as for a holiday. I was in Indonesia to photograph the competition, and I ended up competing in the competition and coming third. You came third? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what a legend. So, um, fast forward from that. Yeah. You're in like the, the top 20 in the world at, at free diving. For Ada, um, last year I was ranked as number 11 in wow, the world as so cool. a, for a female freediver. Yeah. So yeah, after I competed in Bali and came third, I then thought, you know what, I'm going to keep going with this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I explored the sport a little bit and I decided to compete for Australia in the world championships in 2017. Wow, cool. Yeah. And it's an emerging sport. Would it ever be in the Olympics or Commonwealth Games we're or anything hoping, like that? We're hoping that it's going to be in the, in the Olympics. Because the Com- Com Games are coming up soon. Yeah, I know. It would be amazing. Maybe, maybe It'd be a trial sport. That would be cool. Yes. I'm hosting the beach this? volleyball, yeah. so maybe you know after that I could just host come on diving. down and host the free diving <laughs> yeah. championships. I've got another friend of mine in LA, Tank Sade. You know Tank? Yeah, I know Tank. Yeah, and and where's he at with free diving now? He's I don't think amazing. he's competing anymore, yeah. but he is an incredible free diver. Great um, actor too. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. So how does it work in competition with free diving? Is it just you dive down as far as you can? That's one competition. Yep. And there's other ones like the the, the furthest pool. you can swim, the longest. You can just sit there and hold your breath. Yeah. Talk me through it. Okay. So with free diving competitions, there's two types. You've got your pool competitions and you've got your depth competitions. Mm -hmm. So in depth competitions, it's usually run over a three or six day period, Mm -hmm. depending. And what happens is you have three disciplines. So the athletes compete in three disciplines if they like, or they can do one or two events, depending on, on how they're feeling. Yeah. But basically... Um, three, basically three, three disciplines. So you've got constant weight, which is with. Oh, I thought she was going to save the monofin for later, (laughs) but she's pulled it out. It's good to explain what, um, a monofin is or what the constant weight category is. Yeah. So this is, am I blocking you? No, no, no. That's in, that's in shot. (laughs) So that looks expensive. It is. It's quite expensive. Yes. How much it cost? My baby. Um, they can vary uh, around between eight hundred to thirteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. But l- let me just um, take note right now of the amount of space that's on the fin, so uh, you could easily fit like a Red Bull, totally Toyota, yep. <laughs> Commonwealth Bank of <laughs> Australia, yes, on the mic, <laughs> yeah, TV mic. show. We yep. could promote that and take three for the sea, which is. An awesome organization. That's cool. So um, why is this better than two flippers? Um, It's just, it uses less energy. So you want to preserve your oxygen when you're free diving, um, which means limiting your maneuverability and limiting how much effort you put into your dive. Yeah, doing that motion. For the rest of the interview, we're just going to do this. It's all in the body roll. Oh, it's all in the roll. (laughs) Yes. That's hot. Yeah. I like that. So when you're diving, you kind of emulate a dolphin or a fish, something that gives you the right propulsion, but at the right speed. Mm. So you're conserving that oxygen. You, you, were, you were running here. You look a bit, a bit hot. Let me just... Yeah, I'm really hot. Actually, it's got you. a bit of a sound to it. 
It's like Rolf Harris. <laughs> Are you a free diver? A free diver? Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you shouldn't should make up songs about Rolf Harris. He's horrible. You should give it a go. Um, it's, actually, but, it's incredible. But so uh, you've, you've got your, your fin and uh, you're competing. What's the, what's the best uh, you've done? Obviously, you know, got to number 11. But in competitions, in have competition, you won a few? Yep, I've done. So my best, um, best at the moment is third. In, in the Australian Nationals in 2016. Yeah, cool. Um, but then in World Championships, it was 11th overall mm-hmm. from, I think so, 11th or 12th. Mm. And then, um, yeah, so that's where I'm at at the moment. Mm. And then I was ranked, I was kind of did pretty well in no fins. Yeah. So that's having, you know, no using no fins at all. So yeah. there's three disciplines. So I'm three oh, is, that, is that where you hold the weight and you just no. go with the weight? What's that one? That's no limits. So no that, limits. Yeah, cool. so the world record for no limits is around 214. And that's what? by 214 held by... Feet. Meters. Oh, meters, yeah. yeah. Well, that's still a long way. It is, but that's when the freediver holds a drop weight, like a sled, and they yeah. go straight down, and yeah. it's super, super... What was the name yeah, of the guy who was the best in the world at that? Um, Herbert Neat. Yeah. I think I saw a documentary on him yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. And um, they were talking about doing a, a live TV show of him attempting to break the world record, but they're too worried that he'd, you know... Kill himself, die. Or, yeah. yeah, because you know, it, not as people don't die as much as you'd think. No, in this sport, no, they don't. Because oh, when I first heard about it, I people, people dying left, right, and center. But it's actually scuba quite divers safe. die. Yeah. Way more scuba divers die every year than free divers. But yeah. we don't hear about scuba divers dying mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. But we hear about free divers dying if mm-hmm. they do, which you know it's. But sc- scuba diving, I mean, they go into caves. Yeah. And like, I, was, I was cave diving in Mexico and. Yeah. I'm only an open water diver. I got my license when I was like 14. I was like youngest person in Australia to get it at the time. My mum was the SEAL trainer at SeaWorld. No, yeah. at well, what's the, what's the uh, Marineland in Manly, which is just about to close down. And um, and she she got me to get my license. And, uh, and and like I haven't really dived a lot since then. But Mexico, they're like, yeah, you're fine, senor. And you just put the tank on and just follow <laughs> yeah. me. Like See if, you at if, 30 metres. If you freak out. Yeah. You can't go up. No. You're, you're locked in. Yeah, you're locked that's, in. That's why people die. And tides going in and out and dragging people out to but sea. But with freediving, you can just go down and come up again. So yeah. it's sweet. But yeah. And so do you, do you hold your breath as much as you can at the start? You hold your breath or, the entire dive. Yeah. Yeah. So because like, so, you know uh, how we, in scuba diving where if you've got to do the escape where you pull your... Yeah. Um, your weight build off and you let go mm-hmm. of it and you, you swim to the surface so you don't get the bends you breathe out as you go up mm-hmm. like do you do that with free diving no we Is hold that... our breath the entire time so uh-huh. we want to so hold get on to the to top oxygen. yeah we want to hold on to the oxygen um, and the air inside our lungs and also um, when you're going past a certain depth in free diving you need to bring the air up from your lungs into your mouth yeah. to be able to equalize your nasal cavities uh-huh. so the air you know the airways hang on a second yeah so when you're diving quite deep mm. on one breath it is really important that you bring up some of the air from your lungs mm-hmm. to be able to organ to be able to equalize can you save a little bit extra from burping it down like, <laughs> well that's the thing you do if you, you know, swallow the air at 50 uh, meters then mm. you can't go deeper any deeper and you come mm. up to the surface and you just burp all of this air so what's the longest so, you can hold your breath for um four and a half minutes okay let, let's test that theory <laughs> No, that'll be really boring television. <laughs> I, I, let's, I'll just, I'll just believe you. Okay. you four, how do you train of... yourself to hold your breath for four and a half minutes? Um, you do a lot of CO two tables, so building up your resistance to carbon dioxide and not wanting that, having that urge to breathe. So you know, you might do fifty meters of That's a swimming crazy. pool, swim, 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 really, really fast, and then when you're at the end of the swimming pool, you're like, oh, I don't, oh, and then you wait. 
two minutes or sometimes you wait 30 seconds and then you'll take a breath and you'll hold your breath and you'll swim underwater for 50 meters so you're still you know you're still kind of have that urge to breathe but you mm. have to fight that you have to resist that urge well, until uh, you like, get to the other end of the pool it hurts though it's like a pain it does hurt it hurts your diaphragm a little bit but you get used to it you know it's something so like that you kind of roll with yeah, freak I mean, out. They're contr- you, know, you, you, you can freak out, but, you know, you learn. You just learn to live with it. You learn to adapt. What's it called when you start underwater? It's contractions? LMC, loss of motor control, or okay. contractions? Yeah, well, well there's yeah, two things. Explain you, them both. What are they? Well, contractions are when your body's saying, you know, I want to, that, having that. Contractions are something that happens when your body wants, more, you know, more air or more oxygen. But mm-hmm. it's also. And what is that? Is that when your body just twitching and. Now, I remember seeing a video of Tank Said. He was doing a swimming pool yeah. um, race or see how many laps he could do underwater. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he went unconscious and he started shaking like that. It yeah, looked so scary. It was sickening. That's a loss of motor control. Yeah. So that's something that happens when your body's like, okay, we're running out of oxygen. We need that now. And you've got a big buildup of carbon dioxide and it's your body going, okay, I want to flush out the CO2 now. Um, let's do this. And then, yeah, you, you kind of... Yeah, what happened with Tank? I don't know if we should really talk about Tank. No, we won't talk about Tank. Because he'll get probably get... F- tanks tanks anyway, shits. mate. Keep up the good acting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously. But no, no, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, because yeah. that, that was pretty full on. Yeah. Um, so have you ever blacked out? I've never blacked out, no. Um, I know my limits and I know what I'm capable of as an athlete and as a freediver. And that's kind of where I stick to. You know, I do freediving for myself to explore my ability as a human and what my I'm mentally capable of as well as physically capable of. Mm. When I'm in a competition, I want to know that I can reach my limits. Yeah. I, I want to know that I can make my target depth. So if mm. I nominate 50 meters the day before the competition, I mm. want to know I can do 50 meters. So what, what's that with the nominating before you compete? You say, mm. I'm only going to go to 50 meters. Yeah, so before um, all of your three disciplines, you announce, sorry, a depth. So I might go, okay, I'm going to do 50 meters tomorrow in constant weight, which is the monofin. Mm. So the next day you go to your platform, you have, you know, you can enter the water before your dive, you do a warm up, 45 minute warm up, and then you go to the platform, then you have your three minute countdown. And that's when you have to just really relax, really get in the If you're revealing the day before that you're going to Mm. 50 meters, what about, does anyone else just go, well, I'm going to beat her, I'm going to do 51 meters? Uh, well, how, no how, do you, how do you keep the competition happening? No one knows. Oh, no one knows. It's a no, secret. It's a secret announcement right. that you make before you compete. So you've got, so. Tr- you got to trust the people running the show. You say, okay, come on. Yeah. Just, just let me know. How much do they say? Well, is that part of the running joke on uh, on competition sometimes circuit? Sometimes you went, Come no. on, you go 50, sometimes 52. You do, you do. You're like, okay, what are you diving? Up. What are you diving? I right. don't know. And then you kind of might have a little whim and go, oh, I'm going to dive, you know, this. Or... Have you ever said a depth and not been able to make it? I did once, yep, in the Caribbean Cup. I got a little bit too excited and I nominated a PB of 50 metres and I'd only done 49 mm. and I was having equalisation issues. It's only one more so, metre. Oh, but it's you got this extra long one fin. Does it get you there? <laughs> one metre me- in freediving, you know, one more metre in freediving is a lot. Mentally, it's a long way to go, especially if you're already at 49 metres. It's mm. just mentally going, okay, I've got another metre that I need to add on to that and it's committing to that dive mm. and going, Am I capable? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm going to go for it. Mm. But then when you're going down, you can't be like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You have to be really kind does, of... Does thinking too much use up oxygen? Yeah. 
So you, <laughs> everything. So do you have because to, do you have to body, kind of meditate? Your body, your body freezes up, you know, you, you kind of, any thoughts that you have, any negative thoughts that you have with this sport in turn affect your performance, your physical performance, your mental performance, everything. So it can determine if you're having a good day, then you'll have a great dive. But sometimes if you're having a good day and you have a shit thought, then mm. you screw up your whole dive. So mm. you've really got to be concentrating and focused on keeping your mind very clear. Mm. And yeah, it's a different level of meditation. It's something that yeah. So what? So what do you what do you do? You got some sort of mental trick that you do as you dive down to, to make sure there's no thoughts. A lot of it is about preparing for the dive on the mm. surface yeah. and just slowing the what heart do you do? rate down. Um, I kind of go to a place that's really, yeah, really far away, and I. Am oh, you think so about a holiday you had, or <laughs> your best friend, or I don't think about anyone but that dive and yeah. the ocean and going okay body and I talk to my body now and I say look we're going to go we're going for a dive this is what's happening we're going to 50 meters and mm. just I talk to my body as well <laughs> hey you cannot eat that extra burger no no. <laughs> no you visualize your dive so you visualize and visualization is a huge part of preparing for free diving especially mm. for a competition so if you go through it in your mind okay I'm going to breathe up I'm going to relax mm. I'm going to put my face in the water yeah. you know your heart rate on, immediately slows down when you go underwater yeah. that happens to everyone really? yeah so wow. there's a lot of that. cool things that happen to your body um, when you free dive so, so do you do you, training do you hold your, your your pulse you check your pulse and go okay, I'm slowing it down slowing down my pulse so I know <laughs> no. that I don't need that much oxygen you know it's not part of it no okay. I don't because I, if you're doing been. that it's kind of you know you're getting distracted you're like oh my god oh my god my pulse isn't slowing my pulse down. is too high I'm using oh god, too much I'm oxygen yeah. I can't do this like yeah, yeah, yeah. so no. um I guess Red Bull wouldn't really sponsor those events, no. would they? Because <laughs> they'd no. be getting, Red Bull, getting your heart rate Red going. Red Bull's the opposite. You know, gives Red you wings, Bull. not fins. Exactly. Mm. Yes, exactly. So it's really important just to be, you know, just to concentrate on where you are. In the moment. And become bulletproof. Mm. Like nothing can touch you. Your thoughts can't touch you. Mental game. Mental, massive mental game. It's Like huge. poker with yourself. It is huge. I think mentally, like this sport, I think would be the most mentally challenging sport that exists. Wow, yeah. I've done a few sports and I can't speak on behalf of the other athletes in those sports, especially like surfing. That mm. must be super intense. Mm. But when you have to hold, you know, it's all to do with your will to survive mm. or well, it's a sport that, yeah, mm. you're playing with your body. I don't you know. know. Cause I played in the Browns playing Scrabble Championships Did in you? 1996. That must and have that, been that, that was pretty, that was pretty, uh, Terrorizing for me, actually. I don't really <laughs> want to go into too much information. Do you know the world Scrabble champion's name is Michael Goldman as well? Really? Sorry, I digress. So, what's next on the free diving calendar for you? Where are you going? Um, on the free diving calendar, so I was going to be competing in some pool competitions yeah. over the next two months, but mm -hmm. I've decided to stay in Australia and just concentrate on my physical strength and. You're you know, in training. How, yeah, I'm in training. I saw yeah. you at Icebergs the, the other day. That's like, yeah. hey, Jules, what are you doing here? Yeah, basically. Come on my show. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It was so good to see you as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the next two months is going to be all about physical training, building my body back up, building my core strength, um, building my mental strength up. I'm mm. um, doing a lot of pool training. So that involves a lot of static breath holds and that's quite, um, you know, intense on the mind and quite, you know, challenging in a way, but it prepares right. you for depth. And then... Probably April, May and onwards, I will do a few international competitions, but I haven't decided exactly which ones. Cool. Well, good luck yeah. with them. So to back to the mind, because yeah. you, you said it's a mind game. It's so so do you do anything to strengthen your mind, like crosswords or do you meditate <laughs> or, you know, what, what's your daily routine to make your mind better so you're controlling? Because 
like my brain's going off a million miles an hour in all different directions all the time. And yeah. if I was in a competition, I'd, I'd be diving down and I'd start thinking like, oh, I used to have a puppy dog. Oh, I might go to the beach later today and work on my tan. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, You've been how, do you, how, do you, how do you get that focus, that laser focus to, to go, no, it this is, is serious. I'm, I'm competing here, saving it, my life. It is a laser focus. Mm. That's exactly what it is. You couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So it all comes down to making the choice and that's it. It's like, I am going to dive today. I am going to hold my breath for this long. Mm. And it's about committing to what you're going to do. Mm. I am going to dive to 30 meters. I am going to dive to 50. I'm, I am yeah. going to perform the best I can. And it's just telling yourself, this is what I can do. And going, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Yes, I can. So it's just like, yes, I'm committing. I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. And nothing's going to touch you gotta me. you got to be positive. Yeah. you got to be really positive, And you can't let anything it's like life you mm. know getting out of bed in the morning going and doing something trying something new you're always going to have these negative thoughts or you're going to have people saying negative things yeah. and it's about going you know what i don't really care what anyone else thinks yep. or what anyone else says i'm just going to do what i want to do mm. for myself yeah and that's where free diving you know is is great because you really concentrate on yourself and your own ability and you take that mindset and you apply it to 24 7 and do you apply that to your life yes with your photography, with your yeah. saving the animals, <laughs> yeah. saving the environment. Yeah, just well, having dreams and goals. And yeah. just it's just all about that commitment process mm. to yourself and yeah. no one else. You know, mm. not to your partner, not to your mum and dad, not to your best friend. It's about going, this is what I'm going to do for myself mm. and doing it. And, you know, like I said, it's really hard to kind of, you know, put up those barriers and become bulletproof, but mm. you can, you totally can. And it's just mm. making that choice. I will, yeah. I can, and I'm going to do it. So. What, what, are you, what are your parents and your family or lovers, if, if you've got a boyfriend? I don't have a boyfriend. What, what do they all think of this? Um, they're really, uh, my, my family think I'm pretty random. I'm definitely the black sheep, mm. um, but they don't, they kind of know now. You they know. worry about you? No, not really. I think they know you can look after yourself? Yeah, they know I can look after myself and they're quite supportive. Like my dad, you know, he's kind of part to blame. He did take me on loads of adventures when I was a kid. Ah, and dad, it's your fault. Yeah, it's all your fault, dad, sorry. Um, and then, Legend. Yeah, and my mum has always been, you know, she's, she's always been quite wary, but she's also supportive. I think she got to the point when I hit 30 and gave up and said, okay, I'll support everything you do because oh, wow. I was just constantly going and doing things. That That's great because you're doing incredible do. stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And when I showed her my TV pilot, she did write me a little email, sending oh. me some life insurance and going, Jules, um, what? Are we allowed to talk about your TV pilot? Yeah, we can talk about my TV. I thought that was top secret. No, 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 no. Just okay, the, all right. Just well, the, it's let's not talk on about air it. or anything let's, like that. Let's talk about it. I know, oh, just that you can't send the exciting. little... That's exciting. You can't send the I got little... To, I got to see a little bit. I want to show people, but I can't. Let's I just think talk. you can show them parts. You, can I show a little part of it? Well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, you can show we'll a play, part of it. We'll play some of it while you're talking about it right now, just as overlay. So uh, tell us about this incredible show because you're, you're all about, you know, saving the environment, saving animals. Yep. You got to go to Africa and do this incredible tour. Yeah. Yep. So basically about four years ago, I, well, since I was 11, I've always wanted to be a journalist, um, a photojournalist. So I'm a photographer and I like going into situations and environments that are really unknown and unpredictable. Yeah. And I love meeting new people. I love culture. I love learning what drives people, what makes people, you know, go to the extremes that they do to fulfill their passions yeah. so my tv show is called wild shots it's something that's i've been been developing for a long time and 
Um, we have a 48-minute pilot now, but basically what it's about, it's me. Um, I go into parts of the world, yeah. very remote parts of the world and also well-known parts of the world, mm. and I take a look behind the scenes of endangered species conservation. Right, so like I rhinos. Rhinos, okapi, elephants. What's an okapi? Okapi is a half zebra, half giraffe. Um, sorry, what? sorry, half zebra, half horse, and they are in the Congo. So it's a the zebra native, it's native and, and to the a Congo. Horse. Yeah. How do they yeah. really? Did the horse get yeah. up or did the giraffe? I don't, I don't know. Things I wonder about. Yeah, we'll have to show a picture of an okapi. But they're native to the DRC. So there's loads of animals around so the world. So I, I went to Africa and um, I was in, um, is it the Serengeti? Serengeti, yeah. And I went on a tour through the national park with mm-hmm. Sam. And, uh, and we met some of the guys who were protecting the rhinos. Yep. And they were telling us some messed up stories. Mm-hmm. Like they, those guys are going to fight for those yeah. rhinos. Yeah. They've, we've got, you know, conservationists or pilots anti-poaching pilots who are flying fixed-wing aircraft and have been shot at with AK-47s. Like, yeah, and all these guys are doing is trying to protect these rhinos and yeah. the dudes with the AK-47s are yeah. firing down on these people to, mm-hmm. so they can kill the rhino and ju- just take, take the rhino's horn and, and some Chinese guy wants to put it in his drink and give him a stiffy. Yeah. Is that what it was for? I don't know. what. what well, they... it's known that the rhino horn is, you know, there's a lot of medicinal values apparently that... So they say. The different cultures believe in and mm. one of them tusks is... Tusks as well of, of, yeah, of elephants. Yeah, tusks as well, ivory. Mm. And now in India, one of the recent problems in India is that they're skinning female elephants and using <sighs> that skin and selling it on the black market. What? So, yeah, there's... And, you know, you've got whale sharks are now in, an endangered species. They're on the red list. What, so they eat whale sharks? Yeah, they take their fins off. It's all a part of the finning trade. Oh, one of man. one of the parts of the finning trade. So... Because there's yeah. a lot of this stuff that people don't know. No, I mean, they you, don't. you go to your sushi train mm. in Chinatown <laughs> and have, have your, your fish and... Yeah, and, and, and don't eat shark you, fins. You don't, you, don't, you don't think about, you know, all the, the, the way that they get shark fin soup. I mean, yeah. is that illegal yet? No, it I, should be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Because these people are cutting shark fins off and then throwing the shark back in there. Yeah, it's not cool. It's horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, doing a show like this, what was your main goal? Is it to just my to bring goal, awareness to what's going on? Yeah, my main goal is to have a show that inspires and educates people but also entertains people because there are the most incredible people on the field, like in the field of anti-poaching. Mm. They're super funny. They're the most incredible characters. Yeah. They're crazy. They're funny. They're educated. They're super interesting. Yeah. You know, you've got guys that, even myself going into the field with these guys and being on the ground and, yeah, you know, I was in Africa a year and a half ago and I, I'm on the ground with, the, with some anti-poaching rangers and all of a sudden we get charged by a 200 50 kilo male lion i'm like oh my god what? yeah so and the guy just my ranger he just held up his gun in the air and yelled he didn't, and even, yelled. And he didn't even fire the weapon no, and, and it so it scared the lion off because the if you ran the, the lion's gonna run after you like it's running yeah, after you don't a, run. a warthog or something yeah you have to stand your ground when you're being charged by a lion <laughs> I could not do that. And I just remember him, just this this wild mane and this beautiful face wow. just looking at me through the bushes going, I'm going to eat you. And I just looked straight through and What do you, you do? Do you do the crocodile dundee? You're like, hey. Calm it down. <laughs> that is freaky. What, a, what yeah. an incredible experience. Well, yeah. I hope that show gets up. Discovery Networks or Nat Geo or someone out there is surely going to pick it up because I you're incredible. So. That is, I really That is do. going to be an incredible show. Thank um, you. And I, I, it was only recent news. Um, one of the, the heads of the anti-poaching group over there in Africa was was recently murdered. Did you hear about that? Um, which one? Uh, like, like the the guy who's in charge of the whole thing, and uh, apparently there's a rumor going around. Was that, that a couple of actually... months ago? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I heard about that. That in Kenya, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's one of the main people who are putting a stop to it. Yeah. So they put a stop to him. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on and it's really sad and you know, I think if we can help in some way, yeah. even providing these countries with financial backing from our own pockets, mm. even ten dollars or yeah. twenty bucks, just something that kind of I've yeah. seen where the money goes and yeah. it's something that I want to really kind of encourage people to help. Is there an organization in particular that you know? Um, I'm hopefully starting my own organization as well. Save the Rhinos. Oh, it's called, it's Wild Shots. So Wild it's Shots, the same cool. name as my show. It's Wild well, Shots. That, that makes sense because so many people then see these see organizations and, go, and they okay. don't know where the money's really going. Yeah. You, but if you, you've exactly. been there and people know you and they get you and understand yeah. what you're about, then they're more likely to say, okay, here's 50 bucks. Yeah. Help save the rhino. Exactly, and that How would be amazing. How do you cover all that land, though, to save save the rhinos? I mean, well, you've it's got massive, less, massive land. Yeah, it, it's huge. There's huge amounts of land, and there's a you know there's still a lot of rhino in the wild, especially mm. Kruger National Park. But you've got um, organisations like Care for Wilds, which are based mm. in Nelsthorpe. No, hang on, Clerkstorpe. No, that's John Hume's place. Um, we'll Google it. Nell Sprite. Nell Sprite. Nell Sprite. Nell Sprite. Anyway, mm. there's an organization called Care for Wild and they're in South Africa and they are the world's largest rhino orphanage and I had the absolute honor of going. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And... Um, interviewing and working with Petronelle Newaltz, who is the owner of Careful Wild. And you see all of these rhinos and you see all of the, you know, the relationships all of the carers have. Mm. And they're so beautiful mm. and they care so much about them. Mm. And these rhinos, you know, you, you donate money and they really look after them well. And it's just mm. nice to see. So have you seen what Jean-Claude Van Damme's doing? No, what's he doing? Do you not know? No. Are you serious? Oh my God. And he's cute too. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Like he was an idol of mine when I was a kid, blood I love his name, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Do you know who he is? Of course I know who he is. What's he doing? He's a big conservationist as well. And he's on this quest to save the rhinos. You have to meet him. Okay. He's got this plan to start a rhinoceros sanctuary in the middle of Australia. So he's going to ship rhinos out to Australia's heartland and have a massive rhino sanctuary. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van frickin' Dam is going to do this. Wow, because there was another organisation, the Australian Rhino Project, which were doing the same thing. Maybe that's probably who up. he's working with. Wow, that's really Get cool. in on that shit. <laughs> that's amazing. That, that'd be incredible if it comes off. That I, would I love be. him. He's got, he's got a show on Amazon as well, which I highly recommend. Awesome. It, it's like Jean-Claude Van Damme's real life yeah and he's going in to see his agent and uh, his agent says look you've got no work at the moment but you've got these movies if you want to do them they're, they're really crap <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he says what about the other work and, and they yeah. say you pulled out of that work a long time ago <laughs> and you think what is this porn or something and then oh it turns out that he's like a um a hitman like yep. secret agent dude yeah and he's like trying to make this really crappy 
kickboxing movie and then in the other side he's like a real proper secret agent it's, it's really good on Amazon if you get the chance yeah, to watch it totally. um, so conservationist <laughs> as well as animal lover saving the animals saving yeah. the endangered species um, I just I'm, I'm interested by people who are passionate and I yeah. love sharing their stories since yeah. I was a kid I've loved that I've loved being mm. able to talk to people Mike what are you passionate about well, I'm passionate about the ocean because I'm a surf lifesaver. Great. Uh, North Bondo Surf Club. Uh, I was a clubby since uh, I was about four or five years old. And I've traveled a lot like you. Been to countries, uh, especially a lot of Asian countries, you notice that they, they don't really look after their waterways as so well. So you as know a lot here. about the plastic issue yeah. in the ocean. And yep. there's a video of you online. I think you, you were swimming with your friend and you got yep. caught up in some plastic bag. Yeah, Trista, Fon- uh, Trista Fontana and I were swimming through a whole like tons of rubbish in Bali about a year and a half ago. Mm. Um, and that was just awful, you know. It's horrible over there. Have I you mean, heard why, about why Christmas are they doing Island? About that? Well, even Christmas Island off the west coast of Australia, lately there's right. been a, a video posted where there's a, a huge like green turtle It's trying mm. to nest in this just colossal mound of rubbish on the beach so sad it's so sad and then you see all the little baby turtles crawling Mm. over the trash and it's coming here it's going to come here one day we're not going to be able to take our children to the beach because it's going to be just full of trash yeah you're not going to want to swim in that trash but how many videos do you see floating around on youtube where there's someone trying to pull some plastic out of a turtle's nostril have you seen that one yeah the straw straw. pulling out of the turtles why why are we even allowed to have plastic straws anymore when you see videos like that going around it's all about people finding out about this stuff yeah well even awareness and making noise about it exactly and that's um in manly at hugo's you know manly wharf there there's that all of the restaurants there there's an organization where they collect straws Mm -hmm. every every week a group of divers come together and collect straws and Mm. they get thousands of straws just from all of the restaurants dumping all of their straws or somehow it's just all ending up in in the ocean Mm. and you know even all landfill all trash everything like that that if it goes into the drains that all ends up leading into the ocean anyway so It's just so important that, you know, we pick up trash. Do mm. you, what do you do to reduce your single use plastic? Um, like I use I, like a I, bottle, like I'll, I I'll, always have I use have the uh, recyclable coffee cup yeah. that, uh, you know, you, you can take from home and you go down to the local coffee shop and, and they fill it up for you. Yeah. And there's ones you can get as well with your pay pass in it now as well. You can use the coffee mug as, you, as your actual pay pass. Really? And yeah, and have That's the coffee. Cool. I haven't got that one. Oh. That's pretty cool. But oh, um, I like, I'm someone that can't, walk past litter especially in the suburbs where i live and yeah. go well someone smashed a glass there and just left it some backpacker who's drunk it's or whatever. disgusting and you see people walk past it's like why don't just pick it up quickly you're going to save someone from getting their, their foot sliced open yeah and there's an organization as well i believe that you're involved with where you pick up three pieces of, of plastic trash? Or yeah trash. Take, take three for the sea yeah tell it's me about that and you know awesome. the guy who started that or yeah runs it? tim He's yeah, amazing. tell me about Take Three for the Sea. So Take Three for the Sea is an organisation and they've been running for, I think, eight years. Yeah. Um, it is an incredible organisation and what they aim to, well, the message we aim to give is just take three pieces of rubbish anywhere mm. that you are. So if you're walking down the street and you see some trash, just pick it up and mm. put it in the bin. Mm. And that that's as simple as the message is, yeah. you know. And if we can spread that to a huge amount of global awareness, mm. then that's kind of our job done. It's just saying... Guys, come on. It's not on. much to ask. No, it's not much to ask at all. And especially Bondi Beach, it can mm. be gross. You know, after yeah. a really hot day, so many people leave their trash on the beach. Yeah. And, you know, I went for a soft sand run. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. That was our 45 degree day. Yeah. And I was going to go for a run. And I literally ended up walking home with or mm. walking off the beach with three bags of garbage mm. because yeah. people just leave their shit. And they yeah. think it's okay. Yeah, it's horrible. A lot of the tourists just leave 
crap there. Do you think there should be fines for that? Cans. There should be massive fines. Are there? More, more so than putting up these ugly signs that say, you're not allowed to drink Waverly Council on Bondi Beach. Yeah. But I mean, I was down there the other day and, you know, there, it was just a mess and there was, you know, Coke bottles and nappies. A friend of mine said, yeah, you can go down to Bondi Beach and, you know, you, you put a... a a hypodermic needle up to your ear and you can hear the ocean. And it's like, it's so horrible out, <laughs> yeah. out there. But if we didn't have the, the actual beach cleaners that go along there, imagine how bad it would be. And there needs to be more signs and more awareness about that. And, and take the three, what's the name take, take three for the sea. Take three for the sea. And there's yeah. these um, plastic recycling machines as yes. well. Have you seen those? Yes. So um, about a month or two ago, mm. I joined with the Take 3 team and we went along Bondi mm. and we actually, we went into the trash cans that weren't labelled recycled just yeah. to see how many people are taking the initiative to recycle glass bottles, water bottles, Coke cans, coffee cups, things like that. Yeah. And so we went along and it was incredible, incredibly sad to see how many people don't even put their you know, their plastic bother. bottles and their yeah. Coke cans and their glass bottles in recycling. Mm. So we're going along with, you know, these, what are they called? The things, mm. the clippy thingies that yeah. you pull crap out of the, what are they called? You get them from Bunnings. Oh, you know, yeah, the, the claws. Know, yeah, the claws. Yeah, the claws, yeah. Yeah, so we were going along the beach, opening trash cans that weren't labelled recycled mm. and pulling out all of this recyclable stuff. Mm. So Coke cans, plastic bottles, glass bottles, putting them in, plastic bags of our own, um, mm. Hessian bags, mm. and taking them to Taronga Zoo because there's a machine at Taronga Zoo. I really need to Google what it's called. Yeah, the machine. It's like up. a plastic muncher. I've seen it. No, I it, it, it like compacts all the plastic up into there's big... There's a name for it. It's the government's... We can um, Google it. Um, I'm just finding out... Is it, is it like the... It's the plastic muncher or something. Or it's, yeah. it's run by the local council. Yeah, it is. It's... Um, Look at this, Googling on the show. Take three. No, I'm actually going to the take three for the C Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's on there. And I'm just looking it up because I can't remember. Here I can't remember go. the name. Take three. Here we go. So um, it's called The Return to Earn. The Return to Earn. <laughs> it's called The Return to Earn Container Deposit Scheme. So okay. that's so up and running in New South in New South Wales at work? the moment. So basically, you get you collect um, plastic. Basically, how it works is that you collect plastic bottles, yeah. you collect glass bottles, yeah. and you collect Coke cans or cans, and you take them to Taronga Zoo. And there's a machine there that you put these cans and bottles into yeah. and every time you put one in you get 10 cents back what so you can either and what, it actually gives it to you in cash no there's a little app you download on your phone and you kind of go blip and you it's like scan a bitcoin in. atm it's like instead a of putting bitcoin cash in ATM, and getting it in your bitcoin you put, plastic you put, bottles. put rubbish in exactly and you get it in your account yeah. how, and so what 10 you, bottles one dollar how long did it take you to make how much money um so we had 400 bottles hmm. we had 400 bottles i think yeah so we made 40 bucks oh, pay for your dinner? it was it was that's amazing a, that's that's incredible there should be more stuff like that yeah. you know what i, I got a theory what would you say for if you collected heaps of cans and bottles and you would just you know load it on <laughs> I know. You know? your house is probably full of cans and bottles Saving that you're just going in and recycling yeah, and going yeah i made ten dollars today Woo. What, why don't we start rewarding people instead of finding them it's like you, you see someone like you walking along the street picking up some rubbish you go, hey, surprise reward. You picked up rubbish. Here's $500. And promote and publicize the fact that that person got 500 bucks just picking up rubbish. That would be amazing. You see, everyone would be looking around all the time. Oh, that, 
the, the, uh, the rubbish <laughs> reward people might be around. Yeah, exactly. Because of rubbish. That would be that's such a great idea. We yeah. need a radio show, or you know, what about Carl Sandilands? Why doesn't he pick that up? What about what about on the mic with my government? I'd well, say it's just been picked up. Need- <laughs> I'm going to randomly reward people five hundred dollars for picking up rubbish, so I could be coming for you. Pick up that rubbish wherever you go. Are you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, five hundred pesos, hundred percent. Oh my god. Okay. Cool. Pesos. 500, 500 pesos. 500 pesos. That's not $500. Months, <laughs> 500 pesos. That's what I said. No, but you know what? Someone with some real cash should do that. Exactly. I, think, I think that's a great idea. But good on you for, you know, helping save the environment. It's something okay. that definitely needs to happen. It just makes me angry when you walk past, stop the plastic you know, you walk on the beach everywhere. and you just see, and I've been free diving in it. I've seen what it does. Yeah. You know, I've free dived in trash yeah. that's, you know, 20 meters deep in the ocean. It's disgusting and it's really disturbing and it is going to come on our shores. What country is the worst, you reckon? Um, I couldn't say what country is the worst, but I have seen it in the Caribbean. I've mm. seen it in Indonesia. I know that the world's deepest freediver, Alexei Molchanov, mm. he's recorded ample footage of it in the Blue Hole and in Egypt. So... Yeah, it's it's getting worse, yeah. and we are seeing it getting worse. Mm. You know, there's we need something to be done. We all need to step up and stop using plastic. Because some of the fish that we're eating now have a, a percentage oh, of plastic in it. Heaps. When you go to have sushi, yeah. it's actually plastic that's plastic worked particles. Because the fish are eating fish. it. Yeah. They don't know what it is. Definitely, there was an Instagram post that was posted recently where a guy had just caught, I think, a mai mai, and he cut it open and he pulled out six or seven bottle caps. From this fish gut. What? Yeah, it's disgusting. That's but, horrible. you know, it'll be nice if... I think the reward idea is a good idea. Hmm. Just kind of getting people like... Giving people a little bit Let's of Let's work on that one. Yeah. We'll come back to you with that <laughs> one very soon. We need a billionaire soon. who's just going to give us money so we can go out and reward people for Yes, Mr. Cash. Billionaire, we know Hi. you're watching. We Let's need your help. Money. <laughs> um, so one other thing that I, probably um, that fuels your adventures because, it's, I mean, it's hard to get sponsorship when you're, you're trying to save the planet, save the animals and go in freediving competitions <laughs> it's really hard. is your incredible photography. Thank You're an amazing you. photographer. Thank and, you. and like, I don't know how you make your cash, but I just assume it's from that mm-hmm. because I, you know, I've seen your Instagram and some of the photos on there are mind-blowing. You Thank must you. just be like aqua bumps in Bondi and just sell them online and make millions, do you? What's the story? No, I, I actually do Eugene and Debbie Tan's family photography. So I do the aqua bumps family's photography, which oh, cool. helps me fund everything that I do. Wow. So I am a family photographer. I've been doing it for eight years. I've had my own business for eight years. Mm. So everything that I make goes back into my conservation trips and also my freediving competitions, mm. which in turn help me raise awareness for you know the plight of the oceans mm. and what's happening in conservation in the world of conservation do you do any fundraisers like an, an art exhibition no, showing all your photos like you could do a bondi pavilion or something like that yeah, people pay to go. i think i would really like to and at this moment in time over the next couple of months i am really working on my business mm. um i've been super busy and i'm super grateful like yeah. i've had a lot of families that i've photographed over the years that keep coming back and saying jules you know we're waiting for you to come mm. back from traveling and that makes me feel so yeah. amazing yeah you know so it you a great wedding photographer as well you don't just do ocean stuff yeah i will yeah so it's all lifestyle lifestyle based work so Mm. it's very very um non you know very very candid photography Mm. do you sell the blobs of the photos that you've got on your instagram no i do i just haven't gotten around to making that happen people want them on their walls the aqua bumps guy is just balling (laughs) he's loaded (laughs) he's killing it yeah but you just like 
so talented. Have you seen that, that, that French shop up at Bondi Junction, yeah. Westfield? Yeah. They've got all these incredible photos of the like 1960s and Palm Springs. And, yeah. And, and, and they're charging like thousands of dollars for these I pictures. Know, like, I know. I know. I look, my photographs definitely are wall worthy. Yeah. I really. And especially Kids are sitting there playing video games and getting paid on Twitch. I'm sure you're taking your incredible photos yeah. that people will want to pay for them. I'm, I'm amazed that you don't sell them. We've got to sort that out. That's why I can't do things we need to reward people for picking out rubbish and we need people to buy your photos. What is the best photo you've ever taken? The best photo I've ever taken? Probably the best photo photography expedition I've ever been on. A selfie off. one? No, yeah, selfies. <laughs> I love taking selfies. No, um, not at all. The Amazon jungle. I oh, went yeah, to the Amazon, well, yeah, yeah. Wow. into Iquitos, which is um, a town that's located in the Peruvian Amazon and you can only get in there by plane or by boat. There's no cars and it's this tiny little town right on the Amazon and it was just incredible, like going through the village there and we were there during wet season and it was immensely flooded. So mm. I kind of got to go along in these dugout canoes with mm. my camera mm. and just photograph what was happening in the village. You know, kids couldn't even go to school because their school was flooded. So I have yeah. the most amazing portrait shots of these children just hanging oh, out, wow. just paddling past their school and... Yeah, the photos are incredible. I would love to have them on my wall. Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to soon if I have a permanent wall. But um, You're never going to settle down. No, I will. Sort of, not really. Probably never. No. So, so your best photo <laughs> would have been one of those kids? I think so. Um, there was one child who was paddling past the school and you can just see all of the rooftops of the house, of the houses, these wooden houses. And this child is just paddling past and it looks so beautiful and so, you know, new worldly, like different. Just I love the difference of culture and how people approach things and do things and it's intriguing and interesting and it's it's different to the everyday. You know, we live in this big city with electricity and running water and you go to places like the Amazon or the Solomon Islands mm. and, you know, I've lived in villages and I don't have running water. I don't have electricity. I don't even have solar panels. And I have to hunt for my food. Like I've had to go spearfishing before in the Solomon Islands when to I eat. lived in a village to eat. Yeah, joking. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I've been hungry. I've felt hungry and I've gone, I, I want, want to be stranded on a desert island with you. <laughs> no, but not seriously. Not just for the food reason. <laughs> no, but seriously, mate. With how would you go? With, can you hunt? Can you catch me some food? I think you'd be the man in the relationship. <laughs> Definitely. I'd, I'd be there. I'll, I'll try and get the fire going. That's how it feels sometimes. Actually, you know what? I probably couldn't <laughs> yeah. even get the fire going. I, 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 I would just try to keep the fire going by just ripping off trees and <laughs> chucking them on the fire. But then no. again, I can't cook. I'm the only person that I know that can burn water. I... <laughs> Can, can you actually cook as well? I, I'm learning how to cook. I'm not... What, you, I eat, like, you eat the fish raw when you caught it? Tuna you can. So did you become really tribal when you were actually living in a tribe like that? You, you, like you, grunting and... Uh, <laughs> catch fish, eat, run, <laughs> need food now. Uh. <laughs> no, other people speak a little bit, you know, differently to the way we communicate. Mm. Um, but yeah, you definitely feel it was the, the more the hunters, the hunting instinct that I got when I was hungry, you know, having a spear gun, feeling really hungry, you know, getting up in the morning, then taking the boat and going into the, to the water and just the heat and knowing, oh my gosh, I'm starving and mm. I want to eat something and then going That's free crazy. diving to yeah. go spear fishing, to catch food, to take back to the village, to share with everyone yeah. and to also eat and 
and you have to fend off the wild cats as well. So there's loads of kittens. Fending no, off wild know, cats, getting in a canoe, sweating, <laughs> worrying about your next meal. Like most yeah. most of us, the biggest worry is, does my phone have enough charge to push the Deliveroo button? <laughs> because, because that's just a crazy story. No, but it's That, that must be so satisfying to know it's that you've so gone out there fun. and you've caught food and eaten it. Yeah, it is. It's really satisfying, especially when, you know, there's lots of sharks. You have to kind of fight for the food too. So sometimes... You've what, you've, when you've fought sharks... Well, you don't Who fight Who are them. you? You're you the female Bear Grylls. You don't fight the sharks. What I was with someone at the time and um, they were a very good spear fisherman and they took me to an area in the Solomon Islands where we were hunting um, at the edge of a reef, you know, where all the pelagic fish kind of come in. Yeah. So you're kind of like hanging out there and you see the fish, but this particular area had a lot of um, sharks within that part because they knew that spear fishermen would come so they kind of congregated there mm. so you'd go down and you'd shoot a fish and then you'd have to have your other divers around you kind of fending off the sharks so you could you could take your meal and put it on the boat and haul us out of there so mm. um yeah it's just wow you know but it's nature you don't you know if you get bitten by a shark or a shark comes along and you know you dive with great whites that's your kind of problem um i have cage dive with great whites in south africa yes yeah, well, and i didn't I did really that in like south it. australia yeah i didn't really crazy, i yeah. didn't yeah i i felt i i felt really weird like about you're turning it. nature into a freak show sort of thing exactly yeah, yeah so I, went, I remember i went uh shark diving in the cage and they lowered the cage down to the bottom of the ocean yeah half a tuna they stomped on the tuna and there's just blood and guts and you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. And, and then the all, all of a sudden, these great whites just mm. circling the cage and trying to get in. And it's like, oh, is that the way to, yeah. to bring him in? I've, there's some great photos though. No, yeah, you do. You do. But it, it is it does feel a little bit weird kind of, you know, feeding sharks and then getting them to come in and say mm. hi. And, and these great whites, I think they're massive. They're huge. They're huge. Like as big as a minivan. They are. They're truck. massive. And even in when I was in Hawaii last year, we had um, a tiger shark mm. that we were free diving with. Super mm. nice tiger shark. And then when I was in a Tahiti, super nice tiger shark. Well, he was. He seemed. Is there to be any nice. such thing as a super nice tiger shark? <laughs> well, he was. He seemed to be quite, you know, happy, chill. Yeah, a little chat. How you doing, yeah, mate? Yeah, I'm like, just getting some going? fish. What are you up to today? Yeah, oh, no, I wasn't getting oh, I'm fish. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I was just free diving. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm just free diving. Just passing through. Don't mind me. Yeah, you know, you respect their environment. Mm. You, ha- you know, we they come first. It's their environment first. They were mm. there first. Yeah. That's why, you know, I kind of get annoyed that people are trying to, you know, catch sharks or kill sharks yeah. and things like that. It's just, well, that's where they live. Mm. Why are you killing them? Yeah. You know? Have you heard about the shark dive in Fiji? It's at the end of a jetty uh, on the mainland. And apparently there's this tiger shark that comes in every day yeah. and they feed it off a stick. Yeah, right. That's cool. But and, no, I haven't. And, and this guy um, who, who feeds it every day, uh, legend is... That he went down there and actually um, saw the shark, swam up to it, and pulled a massive hook out of its mouth and oh, untangled wow. it from its fin. That's so nice. And the shark remembers him and That's goes so back cool. every day. He feeds it, That's ho- so like cool. hand feeds this yeah. massive tiger shark. Yeah. And people get down and they sit in the rocks and they just watch it come in. They watch it go feed it and then so they cool. leave. That's awesome. Freaky. So you're not scared of sharks? No, in Tahiti as well, I've dived with two tigers. Um, there's a dive site there just off the mainland of Tahiti. And I've been surrounded by 30 to 40 sharks 
50 sharks at a time yeah. and you know they're really beautiful and you know just majestic creatures and you look up at the surface when you're 18 meters below mm. and just see their silhouettes and sometimes when it rains it's just this beautiful kind of canvas of of, of the natural world and it's just something that you know, I think everybody needs to have a look at or even mm. explore and just to see and appreciate where we live and what we have and mm. how we can take that and, and give it back to the environment. What's your favourite dive spot? My favourite dive spot... Um, I've dived the Brisbane up in um, the Lullabar. Uh, yeah. That, that's a, a actual uh, a big Navy wreck yep. and that was one of the most amazing things I've ever done. Wreck diving is definitely my favourite yeah. dive type of dive. I've dived in a lot of the World War II shipwrecks in the Solomon Islands. Yeah, yeah, I've Insane. done that too. Insane. Yeah, like so Japanese cool. submarine that's yeah, there. Yeah, so cool. It's crazy, There's, isn't it? And, and, you know, you've got that kind of, they've got that ghostly feeling where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, is something going to lurk out of, out of the depths and yeah. there's that kind of really scary part yeah. that yeah. I'd love and yeah. especially when you jump in the water and you're like, oh my God, there's a shipwreck underneath me. Is that, that's and in the Guadalcanal. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. One and of the biggest naval battles in, of all time. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And also in Tahiti, there's some really cool shipwrecks. There's a Cessna and a Catalina what? wreck. Wow. Yeah, really cool. Um, I've got quite a few photos on my Instagram just of Well, of you wreck send us your photos and, and we'll load them up and we'll put them in this interview as well. Oh, cool. That'd be but awesome. I mean, I think we've covered everything today. <laughs> we've covered your incredible career as a free diver. Yeah. Uh, although cool. there's not a lot of money in the industry, so... No, there's not much money in the industry of free diving, but I think it's, you know, I do it for myself and I mm. do it because I get to... I have my social media platform and which allows me to educate people on what's going on in the world We've of water. So it's exciting. Julia Wheeler, you are an incredible person. Thank you. And the free diving, the conservation, saving the animals, saving the planet. <laughs> I just need to get some funding and Catching I'll be on my way. Yeah. With your mouth <laughs> out in the ocean. You know, I would catch raw. fish with my mouth if I had to. Seriously. <laughs> you, would, you would not. I totally would. Are you tell me you dive down and <laughs> spit out the fish and say, Gunny Google. If it meant that I could eat, yes. <laughs> it Mate, totally would. You are an incredible human being. Thank you so much for being on the mic. Thank you for having me. Uh, tell us your Insta details so people can find you. My Instagram is I am Julia Wheeler. And then also my Instagram for my photography is just Julia Wheeler Photography on Instagram. And yeah. so if anyone was interested in buying any of your photos, are they available on Julia Wheeler Photography? And can they hire um, you from there as well? Yeah, they can hire me from there. And also I probably should start posting some of the stuff that I can sell. Yeah, mm. it is really amazing. I do love my, my artwork. But, like but my you must worry if you're posting stuff online that people are just going to rip it off and put it up on their no, wall. No, you kind of get over that. And, mm. you know, I watermark some of my stuff. But yeah. if people want to take my images and put them on their wall... It's like stealing music. Or stealing movies or stuff, yeah. you know. If that's the kind hey, of the girl, will you? <laughs> my, my friend uh, Jane Jenkins, she's an underwater yeah. photographer. Do you know Jane? Yeah, I do. You know, she used to babysit me when I was a little kid, like old family friend. But that's why she's got great photos. Yeah, they're I've, amazing. I've been, I don't know her personally, but I know her work. I've, I've, I've been there to her house and she showed me these incredible pictures. If she doesn't put them online, she says, well, people are going to take them. Yeah. Why, why are we going to put them up online? Well, look, you know what? That's a risk. I, I just, I don't care anymore. Hmm. If people want to be shit humans and not pay for artwork don't be then, a shit human <laughs> then then pay that's fine <laughs> then do it <laughs> that's your problem maybe in, instead of you know paying cash which we don't have to people picking up rubbish you can just go up and reward people with a free photo a photograph here you go here's a photo here's, thank could you be from worth millions one day i'm pretty amazing yeah thank you <laughs> how do you hold down a steady relationship with traveling the world being a superstar i don't so you don't have a boyfriend no you don't have a lover no 
So do you have people in different countries, like <laughs> like sailors, sailors in days of yore, where they have a different girl in every port? No, I. I kind of, I find it really difficult to hold down a relationship because most people like to be in that relationship. Not saying like, I, I like to be in a relationship, but I like to travel, you know, my whole life isn't ever going to be my relationship. And I need a guy who is going to come and meet me in the Serengeti or come to, you know, yeah. into the into the most dangerous town, you know, in Masanjia for rhino poaching or meet me in the Caribbean while I'm competing or, you know, I want to have a life where my partner can go and explore and travel as well. And I also want to be able to do that with them because I'm extremely giving person and it's it's hard to yeah find that kind of same it's hard like I my life I, I'm not the easiest person to keep up with in terms of I don't know it's hard it's just too hard if you're it's that guy hard. please send check money order bitcoin or cash to the address on your screen now and then if you're lucky we might choose you and introduce you to this lovely lady no don't you wouldn't want to travel the world experiencing all the incredible things that you do you know what you need you need a guy who is a videographer who just travels the world filming really cool shit mm. and he can just film the hell out of you and all the cool stuff that you do because you are amazing yeah no i have an amazing cameraman he's amazing um <laughs> but oh wait why don't you date him what's wrong with him no because he's my friend and that would be weird no it's not it's how it starts no. it's friendship no i no. Huh? we no um, lower your standards <laughs> look you're hot You've got everything going for you, but you know, just give some of the little guys a chance occasionally. You never know; it might turn oh, out good. Don't make me sound like that. <laughs> no, I do like. No, you're not, because I know a couple of guys you've dated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> you know, one of the guys I've dated. Oh, one, okay, one. Yeah, yeah I don't know any. No, he was awesome. But yeah, I dated him too. I thought yeah. he was great. <laughs> oh, we could exchange stories. Yeah. But we won't. Julia no. Wheeler, you're amazing. Thank you. Any guy who gets you is one hell of a lucky dude. And thank you for being on the mic. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Now flip her on out of here. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 